It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. Welcome you into another brand new edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And normally you'll be hearing William Barber, our fearless leader, leading off the program, but I got a phone call from him just a few minutes ago telling me that he's running just a little bit late, so he will be here in uh, just a uh, matter of moments to bring you some of this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So we really appreciate our, our loyal podcast listeners, especially those who have subscribed to the podcast. So if you yet to do that, we strongly recommend that you head on over to one of those podcasting sites and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We would really, really appreciate it. And uh, how about this? We've got one of our first four drivers battling out for the championship four, the Cup, coming up here in just a matter of weeks at Phoenix as Kyle Larson has punched his ticket, and he'll be one of the four representatives battling out for the championship. It's hard to believe we have three races left on the schedule. We've got Kansas this weekend. Martinsville, the cutoff race, and then we finish the season off at Phoenix as we will crown a cup champion for the year 2021. And it's hard to believe we're almost to the end of the season. It just seems like yesterday we were fired up and getting ready for the Daytona 500, and now we are just a few weeks away from finishing up the season at Phoenix. So we'll see what happens this upcoming weekend in Kansas. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, so much going on on this week's edition of Sun Race Week Radio. Before I let you know, who's going to be on the program this, uh, this show. I want to remind you about our social media platforms where you can reach us at. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. Head on over there, like the page, and get all the latest news and information throughout the day on our Facebook or on our Twitter page as well. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network. And you can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. So make sure you check out our Facebook page and our Twitter page. And as I mentioned, we're always updating you with the latest news in the racing world, whether it's NASCAR, NHRA, or even the short track world. You get the latest news and information right there on our Facebook page, as well as our Twitter page as well. But as I mentioned, we've got another jam-packed program uh, coming up for you today in just a matter of moments. We'll be speaking with Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox as he'll break down everything that's going on with the next-gen car, which will be debuting next year at Daytona. And then also we'll bring the latest in short track news with the one and only Ted Alstead from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And then we'll wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we'll be speaking with Jacqueline Drake as she'll be recapping the Cars Tour Series for this season as well. So just sit back and relax and get set to enjoy another great, great edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hi, this is Greg Walter, General Manager of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie, continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But we're lucky and privileged to have our next guest joining us right here on the Food Depot Zoom line from Fox's coverage of NASCAR. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Larry McReynolds! 
Mr. McReynolds, uh, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Hopefully you're having yourself a great day today, sir. Yes, sir. I, I tell you, I don't know that I've ever been introduced to that magnitude on a podcast. That was that was very flattering, very overwhelming. Well, let me tell you something, sir. When we have a big deal guest on the program, we have to give them a big deal introduction. And you are a big deal because coming up here in a few months, when NASCAR returns for 2022, we'll have coverage on Fox. And you've been there since day one covering NASCAR on Fox. So for you being there from day one and seeing the evolution of the sport on your network. Yeah, this uh, next year will be our 22nd year of NASCAR on Fox. And I think probably one of the most amazing things is some of the faces that's been there the whole time. You know, Mike Joy, our play-by-play -play announcer, who I know I'm a little prejudiced, but absolutely the best in the business. Myself. So many of our producers and directors, you know, Artie Kempner that directs NASCAR on Fox, Barry Landis, the producer, Pam Miller, the pit producer, and so many other guys and girls on the other side of the camera. We've all been there together uh, the entire time. Chris Myers still with us doing a lot of the pre-race stuff. I never thought I would, one, I never thought I would not be a crew chief in the sport. And now I've actually been a broadcast analyst for Fox longer than a crew chief. And over a third of my life spent as an analyst for Fox doing it for 22 years. Let me ask you, how much longer do you think you can do it? As long as they'll have me. I love <laughs> what I do. As long as Fox or whoever's covering NASCAR sees fit to have me be a part of it, uh, I'm more than willing to be there. I, I hit the ground running every single day and love what I do. Well, we're very glad to have you on NASCAR on Fox. And also, you do a lot of great work on the uh, Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90 as well. So if people don't have an opportunity, they should definitely check you out there on the Sirius XM NASCAR uh, Channel 90 as well as you do a show with Danielle Trotta. One of the reasons I wanted you to have on the program this week is that recently you were down there at Charlotte Motor Speedway at the Roval as they were doing testing on the next-gen car, which will make its debut. Uh, next year, the Daytona 500. So far, what are your thoughts of this new next-gen car after seeing the latest testing uh, at the Roval track? Yeah, you know, this car, they've been testing it now for over two years. The very first test was at Richmond, Virginia, late summer, early fall of 2019. Austin Dillon for Richard Childress Racing turned the very first laps there. And the number of tests that we have had is probably a dozen and a half tests. We've not had many tests where there were more than one car at a time out there testing. Most of the testing has just been development on the car. They did do a two-car test at Charlotte on the Roval in the Oval last November with Kurt Busch and Martin Trex Jr., just two cars. There was a test at Martinsville several weeks ago where each manufacturer had their wheel force car there gathering data for the simulation. And then a few weeks ago, uh, they had eight cars, eight teams down at Daytona. But this is the first time it really almost felt like a competitive test. You know, guys would make changes to their cars, and the crew chiefs would run over to the scoring monitor to see if they ran faster or if they made it better. The car looks amazing. This, that, this is the first time that I've actually been to the racetrack to see it run. I've watched video. I've watched film footage. I've saw a ton of pictures. I was in Charlotte when they unveiled the three manufacturers, but this is the first time I've been there in person and the cars just look amazing. And it's really quite amazing as well, 
how close they resemble the production car. The Toyota looks like a Camry, the Ford looks like a Mustang, and the Chevrolet looks like a Camaro. And the way they sound with the exhaust system they've got, it's, it's kind of that deep, throaty, muscle car sound. And I was telling someone earlier today, the sound almost kind of matches the way the car looks. Yeah, they're still working through some bugs. There's still some things with the steering. We're running rack and pinion steering for the first time ever in NASCAR. There's some heat issues inside the car. NASCAR and the teams were trying a ton of things out there trying to resolve that. But I think now that we've got a lot of teams going at one time testing, some of these little gremlins, some of these little things they're working on, when you got this many people, smart people working on it, I think they'll work them out, work them out pretty quick. I know we're going to go go back to Charlotte next month, November, and run two days on the Oval. December, they're going to go back out to Phoenix, the one-mile track, and do a test, and then a two-day test in January at Daytona. So I would say with all of those tests, all those different principles of racetracks, this many people working on it, I can't wait for February 6th, which, which they'll debut in the Los Angeles Coliseum for the Clash, which we'll obviously be carrying on Fox. Speaking with Larry McReynolds here of NASCAR on Fox, as we, we discussed the next-gen car, and the look of it obviously is different, but for the fans, what, what as far as anything else outside of the look, what is the difference between this car and the previous generation car? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a long list of things. You know, just the look of it is significantly different. It has a short rear quarter panel behind the rear tire, which has a short deck lid, which is more like a production car. I mentioned the rack and pinion steering. It has independent rear suspension, which is more like passenger cars that we've never raced before. It's the same engine package we're racing right now. The body is a, is a complete composite body a lot like the Xfinity Series car. The downforce numbers are a little bit different. These cars are going to be a little harder to drive, which is a good thing. That's something the drivers like. They, they don't want everybody to be able to be really good in them because they drive super good. Probably one thing that will catch everybody's eye is we run right now a 15-inch diameter wheel, a steel wheel, with five lug nuts per wheel. But we're going to a 18-inch, much taller, a little bit wider, uh, aluminum rim. And because we are going to aluminum, we're going to follow suit like pretty much all other road racing series and open wheel series. It won't have five lug nuts. It's going to have a single lug in the center, a single wheel lock. It's going to change pit stops a little bit. They'll probably be a little bit quicker. We're still going to have the jack man that runs around the car, jacks up the right side, drops it, goes to the left side. But probably just the way the body looks, a little bit short overhang, and then the single uh, lug nut wheel. And then the numbers are going to be pushed all the way to the front, just behind the rear tire. And I wasn't sure about that, but now that I've seen it, it really looks good. And the reason they needed to do that Sponsors are one of the most important elements of our sport. And with that short quarter panel, they were not going to have very much signage. You know, the quarter panels in the hood are the most important real estate that the sponsors have on these race cars. So now they have all that area. Yeah, still behind the rear tire, but all the area 
from the rear number to the rear tire, which is 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 pretty good size real estate. Now our home base here is Atlanta. We broadcast out of Atlanta, so Atlanta Motor Speedway is our our home track. You guys will carry that first race in March for the Folds of Honor QT five hundred. What are you expecting or what do you think of the racing that'll take place at AMS? Is it something you can predict right now or is it something that we're gonna have to wait and see when we get out there and actually do the 500 miles around the track. Yeah, if we were coming there with our current car, I think it would be easy to maybe somewhat forecast what we're going to see. But because we've got a clean sheet of paper with this new next-gen car, I think there's a lot of variables. The good thing, by the time we get to Atlanta, we're going to have a fair amount of racing under our belt. We're going to have the clash on the quarter mile at the L.A. Coliseum I spoke about. We're going to have Daytona Speed Weeks, the Daytona 500, and we're going to have the West Coast Swing, Vegas, Auto Club Speedway, and Phoenix, three completely different tracks, Vegas being another mile-and-a-half track. But I would anticipate with the grip level that the new surface is going to have, with the increased banking, with maybe narrowing up the racetrack just a little bit, I think it's going to be end up being a little bit like a mini Daytona Talladega, where we definitely will see bigger packs of cars. But I base that a lot off of our current car, but I really don't have any reason to believe it'll be any different with the next-gen car. You know, we all hated to see them pave Atlanta Motor Speedway. Everybody loved the surface there, the old wore-out surface and sliding around and having to search around for grooves. But we were on borrowed time with that surface. It's been there since 1997. It had more cracks and crevices than the oldest roads you can find in the city of Atlanta. And the problem when you have that old of a surface with a lot of cracks and crevices is when it rains, even if it's several days later, the track has weepers. It just keeps weeping water. And then when the cars run across it, it even pulls more water out. So unfortunately it was a necessity to pave this thing but I think the timing was perfect. New car, new configuration of Atlanta with a new surface. Well, uh, Mr. McReynolds, we really appreciate your time joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio. If our listeners want to keep up with you on social media, follow you and keep up with what's going on, uh, where can they go to keep up with you, sir? Yeah, I feel like I'm all over the place. Of course, even though we only do the first half of the races on Fox and FS1, we still do a lot of studio stuff. I do Race Hub. Uh, which Race Hub is Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on FS1. We still do a pre-race show the day of the race before NBC starts their coverage. I do the Sirius XM NASCAR radio show you spoke about on track with Danielle Trotta, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. You can follow me on Twitter. Love interacting with the fans. I try to answer as many questions as I can, at LarryMack28. Follow me on Instagram. I try to post videos periodically, Larry Mac 28 And then we just revamped the website this year. Uh, love for the fans to go check it out, and that's LarryMacReynolds.com. So I'm not hard to find. I'm, I'm all over the place. Well, sir, we're looking forward to all the great coverage. And thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. You take care. Stay safe. And I know a lot of your listeners don't want to hear it. Roll Tide. Hey, listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Well, welcome back, race fans, right here on Southern Race Week Radio and Southern Race Week Podcast, uh, available wherever you get your favorite podcast location. You can find Southern Race Week 
anytime. Every week here on the show, we like to bring in the man uh, that gets the, the asphalt done, the man who is involved with every aspect of every event that goes on at Atlanta Motor Speedway. He's the man, the myth, the legend. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other but checkered flag pant wearing Ted Ted. Ted, how's it going, brother? WB, it's going good. It's going good. It's been a busy fall so far here at the Speedway, but we kind of like it that way. Ted, there's a lot of great stuff going on in the dirt this past weekend. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me. Well, there is a lot of year-end specials going on, and one of those year-end specials took place over in Louisiana last weekend. The Crate Racing USA Series is over there at Boot Hill Speedway for the Battle of Boot Hill. I love that name. Uh, nobody had anything for Mark Whitener out of Florida as he picked up the $10,000, uh, clean swept the entire weekend, uh, and picked up the inaugural Battle of Boot Hill. And uh, I love great racing names. Uh, OSP held their showdown in Savannah. It used to be the showdown on the coast and got into a naming rights kind of battle back in the early 2000s. So it became the showdown in Savannah, but it was the 24th annual and the final showdown at uh, Oglethorpe Speedway Park. It was delayed one week because of weather, but they were able to get the whole show in last weekend. Ricky McLean won the 602 late model uh, sportsman division race. Uh, Caleb Gay, Chaz Haskins, Ricky Brant, and Robbie Coward rounded out the top five. Other winners uh, for the showdown at Oglethorpe Speedway Park was Chris Litchfield and the Road Warriors, Dylan Litchfield in the Crown Vicks. Josh Carter picked up a mini stock victory while Ryan Brown won the mini late models. Andy Stewart was the victor in the Gladiators, and Alex Myers won the front-wheel drive uh, class there at Oglethorpe Speedway Park. One more race on their schedule, and that will be the end of the 70-year-old facility there just outside of Savannah. Like I said, in Pooler, the event will take place on the 12th and 13th of November. Alabama's Richie Rocketman Stevens overtook David Smith with only eight laps remaining Saturday night to win the Chevy Thunder Series Hall of Fame race at Livonia Speedway in Northeast Georgia. 35 602 late model sportsman cars signed in for the $5,000 to win show. Kenny Collins ended up in the number two spot while Chris Cape was in the show position third place. The Dirt Big Boys were in Portsmouth, Ohio this past weekend for the annual Dirt Track World Championship. The Crown Jewel event drew 60 cars and saw Ricky Thornton Jr. take home the checkers. Thornton passed George's Brandon Overton on lap 83 of the 100 lapper before cruising to the $100,000 payday. Overton uh, finished in second ahead of another Georgia show, uh, Jonathan Davenport. So the boys from Georgia got close, but 100000 bucks goes to Thornton Jr., my friend. Ted, uh, you've, been, uh, you've been in the racing business for a long time. You've been a uh, track uh, manager, promoter, and everything at Oglethorpe, you name it, Atlanta Motor Speedway for 100 years. Let, let me ask you, man. Where do people? Where do these tracks? These these tracks come up with these 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 unique names for these races. There's a lot. There's a lot of names out there. Most of them are, are come up with over a, a barley pop or uh, <laughs> or uh, a shot at tequila, whichever is their choice. But yes. but there's lots of showdowns. There's lots of shootouts. There's lots of classics. Uh, uh, one of my pet peeves is when people do memorial races. Uh, there's nothing more. I mean, I'm kind of like okay, the Bob Jones Memorial is uh, nothing uh, breeds excitement in the word memorial to me. It's always kind of like yeah. memorial. You know, yeah. it should be called a classic or something like that but right, right. 
Right. Like I said earlier, is a Battle of Boot Hill. That was that was a cool name that that I came across this weekend. But there's also in Seekonk, Massachusetts, there's the Haunted Hundred. It's running right around uh, the end of October every year. The Fall Brawl uh, up at Hickory Motor Speedway it started about 20, 25 years ago. In fact, Chris Hayde, who is now the director of public relations and media for Hendrick Motorsports, he's the guy who came up with the first Fall Brawl when he was the promoter at. Uh, at uh, Hickory Motor Speedway before he took that job with Hendrick. Uh, up in Vermont, you got the Milk Bowl. That's a, that's a one that everybody wants to win. Of course, Talladega Short Track has the, the early January go where it's called the Ice Bowl. Uh, that's kind of a neat one. Uh, yeah. The old Colossal at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. You know, Roger Slack, who's now at Eldora when he was at Charlotte, the, the dirt track at Charlotte, is he, uh, he wanted to have a bigger than life event. So he thought, what's another word for big? Colossal. Colossal. So he named uh, one of those races, the Colossal, and then a uh, longtime friend of mine, mentor of mine, Larry Kemp. He's retired now, but uh, uh, back when he was running the Benton County Speedway in Iowa, he had the Intergalactical 100. Wow. So anybody can have a race that is the world race or the nation national race or or the state race, but he had the intergalactical one hundred at Little Benton County Speedway in Benton, Iowa. <laughs> did uh, did he have a, a a model of the Star Trek Enterprise or something like that? Out there uh, no, he didn't. He didn't have that. That was the trophy. Like the, that was the trophy. <laughs> if you remember the aliens, if you remember the oh, yeah, aliens yeah. like the Roswell, New Mexico aliens, yeah, yeah, yeah. is he had cutouts made up of those and had them uh, stood up out in the infield of the racetrack. So it was, it was, oh. it was kind of fun. Larry, Larry's always a guy who uh, had fun with the names of events and and had fun uh, promoting the races and and put a little twist on things so that people would feel they had they had to come buy a ticket from. So good promoter, great promoter. I know a lot of the tracks as we get uh, close to uh, Thanksgiving, we're going to have probably more Turkey Trot 100s, Turkey Trot 20s, and whatever else, and all that other good jazz. Um, <laughs> so I, I you know I, I just love it. I mean I you know I agree with you on the whole memorial thing, but um, you know but yeah these. These, these names that they come up with definitely have to be induced uh, in a session of a, uh, a, a grain substance of some type. Sometimes it's potato. Sometimes it's made from potato. It might be, it might be a concoction made from potato juice. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. But, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, a lot of names are hatched. A lot of a lot of names are hatched over uh, over uh, a few cocktails after hours. So. <laughs> well, first I want to tell everybody to go to AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com. Uh, a lot of great stuff going to be coming up. Uh, I think uh, Ted, y'all got Christmas lights, a new Christmas light program coming. You can find out yeah. information about that. Ted Allstead, appreciate your help, brother, every week, and uh, you uh, try to try to find something to do over there at the racetrack, man. I mean, I know you're bored out of your mind, and everything. You ain't got nothing going on, so. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough to find it's tough to find stuff to do over here right now with, with uh, nothing going on buddy <laughs> <laughs> you got plenty on your plate there buddy hey this is Dennis Fire, president of Richmond International Raceway and you are listening to Southern Race Week hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network it's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast and we are honored and privileged to have another special guest joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio as we head on over to the Food Depot Zoom line and coming into us from an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States of America. Let's welcome in one of the many people and voices you hear during the Cars Tour Series this past season. Let's welcome in Miss Jacqueline 
Dre! Thank you so much for taking time to join us again this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're doing well, my friend. I am. Thank you so much, as always, for having me on. It's a pleasure. I love joining you guys. Well, we enjoy having you on the program because you're always able to break down everything that's going on for us in the Cars Tour Series, which uh, wrapped up this past weekend for you. A lot of exciting action throughout the season. And you're here to kind of recap it all for our listeners out there. So uh, tell us, what were your thoughts on the last race of the year? And and it's an overall, uh, the whole series uh, for the year. Yeah, so the seventh year of the Cars Tour Series. And we capped it off at back at South Boston. We were unable to go there last year due to COVID, so it's good to be back. And uh, the last three seasons, the divisions have really come down to just a few points. So it's come down to the last race, uh, essentially, here recently. And we saw it in both divisions. So... In the late model stocks, we had Bobby McCarty and Caden Honeycutt, who were a one-point difference from each other in the championship title um, battle. And Bobby McCarty ended up taking not only the race win from the weekend, but he got the championship. He's uh, now the all-time champ. Like, he holds the most championships uh, ever in the series. He He accomplished his third late model stock championship with Nelson Motorsports. So it's been a great feat for them in solid year and two, a solid year for Caden Honeycutt, considering he is a rookie out of the Justin Johnson uh, camp, which this was their first year doing driver development. So I think coming up just uh, barely one spot short on the late mile stock division is great considering the competition is so steep in that division. And then on the super late model side, we saw Matt Craig, who's the reigning champion, two-time reigning super late model champion. And he was in contention with, um, Carson Quapple and Carson in order for there was enough of a gap where Carson had to execute a perfect race weekend where he needed to accomplish the pole he needed to lead every lap and not let Craig lead a single lap Uh, and then he also needed to win the race in order to win the super late model championship which like a a beautiful happily ever after story he ended up doing and uh, took home the race win and his first ever super late model championship which is even more special considering uh, that that division has come to a sunset after uh, this year so we won't see the super late models as a division in the cars tour moving forward there they have announced they'll have a pro division starting in 2022 alongside the stocks so uh great you know job by the whole quapple team travis and carson you know a father-son duo that's worked hard all year long to uh, have a successful year it paid off for them and it made for a good night at south boston now this season has been much more fun for you last season you had no fans in the stands when you all came back this year you had fans returning how was that for you to be able to go back out to the track and have all the fans in attendance cheering on their favorite drivers all season long? Yeah, I think, you know, with racing, uh, racing is nowhere without the fans, right? And we love to see them there at the track and cheering on their uh, favorite driver. We actually, this year, we gave out an award at every single race for the hardest, Harrison's hardest working fan, which meant that I would go up in the grandstands and find the fan who traveled the furthest. And we saw Fans that had traveled 20 hours, 17 hours this past weekend. Uh, someone had traveled all the way from San Diego, California, 
So we, we have fans all over and it was great to be, have them back this year and get to play games and, uh, you know, them cheer or boo on the drivers within the series. Uh, speaking with Jacqueline Drake here, the Cars Tour Series on Sonora Street Radio as we wrap things up. And uh, a sad season for you because you announced um, earlier that this was going to be your last season in the Cars Tour Series as you have elevated yourself with a, a position with a NASCAR. So for our listeners out there uh, wanting to know what the next step is for you, what will you be contributing and doing for NASCAR? Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've been with the Cars Tour since... 2015, so seven seasons, and started there not knowing anybody in North Carolina. Uh, felt very out of place on where my racing family was here. So uh, been with them a long time, but I was able to take an opportunity just a month ago as a manager of media strategy at NASCAR. So I'll be doing a lot of work on the short track side behind the scenes with NASCAR sanctioned short tracks and the partnerships as well as you'll see me on camera continuing uh that journey so i'm i'm pretty excited for it uh you know it i guess all good things come to an end at some point so uh, it's bittersweet but i'm looking forward to hopefully making a difference in the short track world on on a bigger scale and also you're still waiting to get back behind the wheel you had a race that you were supposed to do you had a an, an, a problem with a injury that kept you out for a while and then tire shortages um, kind of uh, threw your plans back a little bit uh, for that race. But now you have announced that you do have a new race date that you are set up and ready to go. So uh, tell us about that new race date you have coming up and how excited you are. I mean, now you seem like you're ready to go. And then all of a sudden something kind of uh, keeps pushing things back. So how's that on your nerves as far as now having a, <laughs> a little bit longer now? Because I know you're ready to get going in July and then you got pushed back to October, and now I believe it's going to be in November. Is that correct? That's correct. The, the big man upstairs isn't making it easy for me to return back to racing. He's, he's making it a, a, a storyline for sure. So we were expected to go racing here uh, just a few weeks ago, which the tire shortages affected that event. And now we're going to be heading to the Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National, which takes place on Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, I had tested at Orange County Speedway with anticipation to race there. But now I have to go test at Southern National with anticipation to test there. And it's been a lot of fun. I'm uh, currently actually working on some plans for 2022. So hopefully it's not just a one race and done type of deal. Uh, I'm, I'm just having way too much fun practicing and talking about it. Apparently I haven't even raced. <laughs> and I'm already thinking about what to do next. So yeah, hopefully we'll get out on the track and get to race in this November. Well, I'm sure all the listeners are looking forward to it. I know I've been looking forward to it to see you get back there behind the wheel and, and get out there and drive. In fact, I was out in Charlotte for the race weekend at the Roval, which was the same weekend you were going to be racing. And, and unfortunately, that happened, and I was really bummed out my plans. But uh, hopefully, we'll be able to see you out there racing in November. So really excited about that. If our listeners want to keep up with you and follow that journey to that first race and also keep up with what you're doing for NASCAR, uh, where can they go to keep up with you on the social media side of things? Yeah, add me online. I'm I'm always on there. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's the day and age of social media. Uh, Instagram, the one and only JKD, Jacqueline Drake on Twitter, uh, also on Facebook. And come talk some racing. I'm all about it. Well, Miss Drake, we really appreciate you keeping us up to date all season long on what's going on in the Cars Tour Series. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the program to keep you up to date on what's going on with everything you're doing at the NASCAR and keeping a track on everything that's going on in the short track world as well. So we really appreciate your time. And I'm sure we'll talk to you as we get closer to that uh, 
November race date. So thanks for all you do. Uh, we appreciate your time as always, and you you become a great friend of the show, and we always enjoy you when you come on and visit with us. So thank you so much. Thank you as always. Thanks for having me and all the support and um, everything you guys do for racing. Hey, this is Briar Bauman, professional motorcycle racer for Indian Motorcycle, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie. Thank you so much for tuning in to the radio broadcast this week. But in case you missed it. Or maybe you want to go back and listen to it all over again. Or maybe you would like to listen to a previous episode of Southern Race Week Radio. Well, that's all available for you on our podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're there, we'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button so that uh, when you're subscribed to one of our podcasts, whenever it's uploaded and ready for you to listen to, you'll get a notification to let you know the latest episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is up and ready. And uh, don't forget also about our social media platforms where you can reach us at. You can uh, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week, or you can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio, and you'll always get the latest news, information in the world of racing, as we're pretty much daily updating you on what's going on in NHRA, IndyCar, NASCAR, as well as the world of short tracks. So all of that is available for you on our Facebook page, as well as our Twitter page as well. And uh, don't forget, you can follow us individually. On Twitter, you can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network, or you can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And also, don't forget that William Barber, he loves to let you know about it. Uh, he does have his Instagram page as well, so you can head on over there and uh, check out William Barber on Instagram as well. And uh, once again, thanks to our great guest this week, Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox. Also, Ted Austin, Elena Motor Speedway, for, for uh, providing us with the latest in short track news. And then also thanks to Jacqueline Drake of the Cars Tour Series for recapping us on what happened this past season and everything that is going on with her. She's going to be getting set to race in November. And, of course, congratulations on her new job there with NASCAR as well. So that's going to do it for this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Have uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.